Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true, people. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing, the writing life, and video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Uh, my conversation with Andrew Lipstein up there now maybe you heard it here on the podcast well you want to watch it or maybe you didn't catch it well you can watch it now it's a good one interesting guy oh man he talks about the weird way he got his book published Ooh, sold it himself to Farrar Strauss and Giro. very unusual anyway go check it out all over there at authormagazine.org and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association they have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955 and in this day and age, you don't have to live into the Pacific Northwest to benefit from membership. No, you don't. You can attend their monthly meetings from wherever you are. Yes, you can. And you can attend a lot of the conference from wherever you are, because we do a conference every year. And certainly enter the contest. So, you know, and the classes, I think the classes are still virtual. So, you know, wherever you are, if you want to belong to a writing organization, choose the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. There, good one. You can go learn about these people at pnwa.org all right yeah it's good to be live i sometimes i do them live sometimes i pre-record them today we're live fun it's got good energy and i've got a great guest monica mcgurk she is an award-winning author who likes nothing better than weaving complex multi-layered stories that bring contemporary issues and strong female characters to life through different genres of popular fiction her previous work include three volumes of paranormal YA rom- uh, romance, The Archangel Prophecies, Dark Hope, Dark Rising, and Dark Before Dawn, along with numerous works of fan fiction under the name Consultant by Day. And she's got a new one out, a little different, called The Agency. And she's with us now. And it's great to have her. Monica, welcome to the show. Bill, thank you, Bill. I'm so <laughs> excited to join you today. You know, it's funny, Monica, is uh, I was putting together this show, doing the little things I do for like creating a little image. And so I always need a headshot from the author. And I hadn't read the book yet. I hadn't looked at your bios. I didn't really know anything about you, really. And so I was putting it together and I looked at your headshot and I was like, that's an unusual headshot. If I would, I would say that's the headshot for a vice president of marketing for some Fortune 500 company. Turns out that might be what it is because you toil by day uh, within the world of uh, uh, big business. Is this correct? That is correct. I'm a C-level executive for uh, the Kellogg Company at the current time. Um, But, yeah, I've been an executive for a long time uh, focused in the food industry, food and beverage industry, and that's my day job, so to speak. That's a day job. That's a heck of a day job. It's the kind of day job that doesn't normally leave a lot of time for novel writing. Uh, so I'm, we're going to get back to that. So, all right. So you, so you have like a real, like a whole, like full-time career uh, and you're writing. When were you the sort of young person who wrote a lot or was writing something you discovered as a grown-up? Yes, very fun question. I was an avid, voracious reader and actually Uh, um, started reading off of cereal boxes. 
Ah. Uh, you know, as the kind of kid I think like many <laughs> yeah. of us are, where you sneak yes. under the covers and, and want to read and you miss the bus yeah. stops because you're so caught up in your, in your books. I did a bit of writing in high school, you know, through a high school class. Yeah. I did a little bit early in my 20s, and then I didn't touch it for a really long time. And how I came back to it was what I like to call my mini midlife crisis, but I had a yeah. severe case of burnout burnout in the corporate life. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I've been working for a long time. I'm married. I have a wonderful husband, three fantastic kids. Right. I had this realization over a decade ago, like I was all in at work and all in as sure. a wife and a mom. Yeah. And I'd let yeah. all of the fun things that were just for me, that gave me a lot of joy. I get squeezed out of my life. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I had a, a few external things going on that made me step back and reevaluate that situation because it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And I asked, you know, what did I like to do when I was younger that, yeah. that I could still do when I was jumping on a plane almost every day, flying around for the work I was doing because I was at yeah. that stage a consultant. And you can't take a baby grand piano on an airplane. There are a lot of things <laughs> I like to do that I couldn't do. Right. But I could write. And um, yeah, I, I was talking to a mentor of mine around this time, and he was sharing how he and his young son were reading all of the fan fiction on Harry Potter. Right, they were trying to right. triangulate from all of the fan fiction what was really going to happen in the last installment of the series. Oh, and I right, thought, right. Oh, well, that's a that's a really like I don't want to call it easy, but that's like no. a good way to ease back into it, sure. you know, and and yep. leverage that platform um, with all the immediate fan reaction yep. to get feedback and get better. Because um, I'm the kind of person who likes to you know really thrives on feedback. Wow. So that's that's how I got back into it. You know, picking up from just that voracious love of reading and, and my passion for the written word. And it's all just taken off from there. Wow. So you, so you went and so you used the, you decided to use the fan fiction is almost like your own writing group, you know, like a, like a kind of virtual mass. Cause you know, people sometimes will join the writing group and all sit around, share and read their stuff and comment on, but she said, no, I'm just going to go right to the people, right to the people and just do it that way. Exactly, and I can remember the the very first chapter I uploaded, and how nervous I was to hit yeah. that button. Yeah, because you you know any of those platforms, whatever you choose to write on, you you've got a built in, very very opinionated in a good yes. fan base. Yeah, like, you know, people yeah. who love yeah. those books, whatever angle you're taking on them, um, and it it just made my heart flutter when I would get those little pings of, oh, you have a review, you have a review. Um, wow. So I kind of got hooked on it. And, and yes, it did. Um, it did serve as a writing group in some senses because I had you know, developed digital um, virtual beta readers um, who wow. would help me in advance. And yeah, it was, um, it was for me a really fun way to get back in the swing of things. And were you doing Harry Potter stuff or was, I mean, there's so much fan fiction or did you find a different uh, thing that I, you were into? I was doing Twilight. Oh, you were, Twilight oh, so you um, were a, uh, yeah. oh, a nascent 50 shades of grayer, weren't you? <laughs> oh my Mine was God. not quite as racy, but yeah, it was before Stephanie Meyer released the last book in the Twilight series. Um, yeah. Harry Potter was done. I had, I read, I think it was a wall street journal article about, her work. 
and uh-huh. how um, how her following had just taken off and yeah, I caught up on it and it got to the point where I was just where everyone else was like waiting for that last bit of storytelling. Right. And I said, Oh, this is perfect. I'm going to write my own version of it. So I wrote, I wrote my ending to twilight and then I wrote a prequel and I wrote a uh-huh. bunch of short stories. And, yeah. um, you know, one of those books that actually won an award in the UK of all places, the fan fiction really? favorite. And then my, yeah. And, and then my husband said, you know, you need to try something of your own. You need, you need to step yeah. out and um, try something original. And so that's how the Archangel Prophecies kind of came oh, into being. Interesting. And so, all right. So when you, so, cause you're writing other, and it's an interesting thing. I, I've, I've had this debate with my daughter about fan fiction and I have said, you know, I've got some opinions about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's not all good opinions, but I have seen people use it to such good ends. That's hard for me to remain the curmudgeon that I seem to be uh, leaning towards. And I think the challenge I have is you're using other people's characters. Like, not that that's wrong, but like, how do you connect to them on a personal level? So you have to kind of find your own in with them, don't you? You do. Well, and you can decide, like, to what extent you want to be true to how right. the author has developed those characters versus how much you want to be really radical and taken in a different direction. I tried to be a right. little bit more true um, uh-huh. in, in the depictions that I had. But, again, I think it's a, a really – great platform as long as it's with the author's permission right because you right. they can do they say give, i don't do want you to do permission? this but i was under the um, impression they, like they, they just certainly. it's like it's none of it's like it's over once you put it out there that people can do whatever they want with it but maybe not well what my understanding is and i haven't written on these platforms for a while yeah. so i might be out of date but you can certainly say i do not wish for my ah, work to be right. portrayed, and okay. then there's um, so there there are some authors who have made it very clear they don't want that to be done with their work, right, and then I think right. there are others who are totally cool with it because it's a way of engaging with their fan base. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, would I, think I can see both sides them. of it. I, yeah. you know, it, it certainly if you are getting people excited about reading and excited about the world you've created and that yeah. they can get so invested in it that they want, they want to put in hours of their own blood, sweat and tears to keep yeah. staying in that world and creating in it. I think it's a very cool expression of what you as an author want to create, but you know, I, I see the other side of it as well. So that's why I think it's great that there is a system for protecting your copyrights and making yeah. sure that you can turn it off if you really feel that strongly about right. it. Right. But so you, you did that, but it was a great test is where you got to learn to write. And, I, and it sounds like you were doing it because you were looking for something to connect to. You wanted to be creative. You wanted to connect that to, to excitement, to curiosity, storytelling, and not just like work, grown up, grown up, work, work. Oh, yeah. yeah right. That stage, that stage of my career, I was um, in super, super analytic mode. Right, I didn't have right. a lot of creative outlets. Um, yeah. Now, the job I have, there is a lot more element of, of that creative side of myself that I can indulge in a little bit. But at that point, it was really, really helpful for me to renew yeah. my own sense of self and, and reconnect with that, as you were saying. Yeah. And so, and, you know, I always think that writing is such a great expression of our 
true selves because it's just you and a blank page and your curiosity and your desire. And you can't write, I don't think, unless you are personally, authentically interested in the story you're telling. You know, you just, I don't think it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to go well. So it's a great chance to learn about yourself. And so when you sat down and said, okay, you took your husband's advice and you tried it, so I'm going to branch out. Was that a little scary or you just excited like a little puppy to get your teeth into that bone? What was that like? <laughs> it was a little of both. And, and yeah. To be honest, I didn't have, I didn't have at that point when he challenged me a burning need to tell a specific story. So that right. was the first challenge. I thought, I was right. like, what do I want to write about now that I've, I've taken the crutch away, if you will, of, right. of the fan fiction environment. Um, and I didn't think that much about it because I'm very action oriented. So I said, okay, <laughs> well, you know, I've been in YA paranormal land here. I'm going to do yeah. something of that genre, but instead of vampires, I'll do angels. And oh, okay. I'm going to, I, so it was just like, hey, this is a, a mode I like, so I'm going to switch this up, and I want the, the female um, lead character to be um, both more realistic and, and perhaps, if, if I may, with no offense um, to anyone who <laughs> loves this book, a little less annoying, right, because oh. I, I, I loved reading those books, but she, sometimes the main character was kind of annoying um, for right. different reasons, and so I was like, okay. I want her to be realistic as a teenager um, and maybe have some attributes that I would like my own daughter to read in a a female main character. And so I started with that kind of frame and I had an idea for the opening for like a prologue. And it came from the, it came from an experience with a, uh, that a colleague of mine had gone through as, um, a, a child actually being abducted. Oh, and wow. I, I had seen, yeah, so it's like a very scary thing, all with a good ending, right? I start with, right. start with the ending so nobody's worried about the situation, but <laughs> I had seen him go through it. I was like, that seems so unusual. How, how common is that in reality? Um, cause yeah. I, I like to immerse myself in the stories and do a lot of research. And I, started a little Google search about abductions. And that's when I stumbled into the issue oh, of human trafficking, trafficking. Right. in the United States. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I just, I was floored. Um, you know, it was such a problem. It was a problem in my own um, environment in the um, greater Atlanta area, which is where I was living at the time. And so it, it became very clear to me as I continued to learn more that you know, the storyline I had mapped out on the paranormal level, which had its own mythology and the like that I was going to be exploring, needed to be entwined with this issue as well, if right. I could find a way to do it. And it became a really cool part of the writing to, to see how I could use a very popular genre to create maybe a safe way to discuss and surface this issue amongst the population who is targeted for this crime. Right, right. right. Um, so it, it became kind of its own thing as I learned more about it and um, animated that entire trilogy. Yeah, and that's kind of become a, a, another passion of yours, yeah? Sort of 
some of the other work, some of the work you do is around trying to help raise awareness and I suppose help people with that. Is that true? Yeah. So what ended up happening is as I researched the first book, uh, I put in some plot and characterization around people who were working in the nonprofit sector in that space. Ah, I fell in love with the name, with the name of a particular organization and I decided I, I want to use this name in here if I can, but of right. course I need to get permission. So I cold called the CEO of the organization and said, Hey, you don't know me, but here's what I'm doing. And I would like to ask you for your permission, but I know you like, you need to read the book beforehand to know if you're comfortable with it. And right. that started out a lovely relationship where I became, um, I, tr- I went through their training program to be wow. certified as a public speaker um, on the topic and kind of went out more to youth organizations to talk about it, um, like Girl Scout troops and things like that, and uh-huh. sat on their advisory board for an extended period of time. Um, and so wow. that that and a few other organizations I've connected with, and I um, continue to support them in their in their work to these days. It's just you know a tremendous privilege to be able to help even in a tiny way. And I think that that's sure. Um, something that you know, people, you can always help, helping in the way that's authentic to you. Whatever yeah. your cause and your passion is, is always going to be better than trying to mimic somebody else's way of helping. And so this is just my small contribution to well, that's awesome. making a, that is, an impact on that issue. That's great. Oh, you're such a good person. All right. But listen, you, you, you wrote three books. Uh, got a little paranormal, and then you decided to take a different direction, slightly different direction with the agency, which is maybe a little little lighter, but still, uh, it's got some dark issues in it too. So what a, talk to me about that, that decision to start something brand new. Yes, um, the agency definitely was in part spurred by the desire to have a little bit more lightness after such a heavy topic in the, in the right. other books. Um, yeah. Cause it, they were hard to write, right? Like, sure. Know, very serious topic. Um, and I was riding home from a weekend with my family, with my children who are my focus group, my first focus group. <laughs> we right. were just brainstorming. What, you know, what should I talk about? I have a list that I keep of, ideas for books and and series and they're brainstorming talking about different ones and one of my kids said hey what if what if the cool like royal family nannies were actually five and i just wanted to go pull the car over (laughs) like that's it um that that's that's brilliant i'm gonna i'm gonna work on that and then they were like no 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 that's a bad idea mom i'm like no this is a great idea (laughs) i could immediately envision like all the situations you could explore and um, and so it was just like that spark that spark that took me and so i knew this is going to be the next thing and for me as a writer it played around with a little bit more humor which is very hard I, I find writing oh really among the most challenging. Why is that hard? Yeah, what's hard about it? I, because I think it it's very easy to be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Heavy-handed in your humor, and 
Yeah. And not use to have the humor seem like a tack on as opposed to essential yeah. to the character and, and the plot yes. and everything. And so, yep. um, especially after doing three books that were yes, very dramatic and paranormal and serious, um, having that as part of my remit, if I wrote my vision for this book, it was a stretch for me, a, a good stretch. I, I really enjoyed it. Are you, um, are you a funny person? It, Monica, are you funny? People hang around with you. They I, say that Monica, she's such a cut up. Do you consider yourself a funny person? I, you know? I think I think people probably laugh at me. Oh, <laughs> well, I enjoy a good I enjoy a good funny um, bit of humor, and All right. I I take my work seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. Um, oh, so I'm the good. first person to laugh at myself. I would say, that's yeah, good. That's good. Um, so All I right, appreciate so, it in others and in, in other stuff that I read. Um, right. And I, so I took that into this. Um, I took you know, suspense, which I did have in the first trilogy, into this. And then the pacing and um, how do you unfold this multi-layered mystery, right. knowing you've got at least three three books in mind to kind of fully unpack this stuff. And oh, you oh so you, right. For me, so this it, is the first in a trilogy. Or more. Uh, yeah, at least. at least a trilogy. I, I, so I, have the, I have a manuscript of the second book um, sitting here in front of me. It, it's kind of hot off the presses. First uh-huh. of all draft, I'm not taking a little bit of a break from it. But, yeah, I had, like, when, when you introduced this segment and you talked about the multilayered complex things, like, all of my books, there's, like, one level that you can read them at. Uh-huh. And then if you choose to get into it, you can get into the deeper levels. In the first trilogy, there's a lot of mythology um, drawn from all sorts of religions of the world that you could unpack in the story. Uh-huh. And there were some um, beyond the human trafficking references to other social issues like incarceration mm-hmm. and challenges around incarceration in the United States. In this book, in the agency, there are a bunch of interesting references to the refugee crisis and international politics. Um, oh, you're, you know, the oh, you're, ramifications of colonialism. Right. So, oh, you, can, you can be reading oh. it just as, hey, this is a cool mystery, or you can say, ooh, right. she's getting into identity politics here. Oh, interesting. Not, so you not just... in a preachy way, but in a way that can enrich your reading of it if you choose to go there. That is good. That's good. You allow your own personal sort of social political interest to infiltrate the fiction a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We got and, and again, not, not in a preachy way, but in no, a way that if no. people are interested in that. And then if, if you want to engage with me on social media, for example, on ah. my Pinterest board, I have boards about the locations that I set my books in because I, I tend to put them in a lot of international in, like really interesting locations like this right. has a fair amount in Turkey um, yep. and in, in England and I'll put some stuff up about about the pol- in this case the politics of what's going on um, that's right. informing the plot or is in the background that is my research at least a portion of it that informs how I tackled that issue so right. again it's for people who get into it that way you can really get into it. And if you're not, that's cool too, because it works on its own just as a mystery suspense thriller. That is good. That is, that's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it. Can't, 
can't go over the top because some people they just want to be entertained, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Not with at that. all. And uh, so, are you liking it? Are you having fun? Are you glad you took this up, or do you wish <laughs> do you wish you had never been bit by the bug? Oh gosh, no! I I tell you, I get so much energy from it, and yeah, you you, you asked the question earlier. Said so you want to come back to the question: How do you find the time to write? Yeah. I just carve it out. I, I tell my friends, like, you might golf. You might do right. Sudoku, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is how right. I spend my time. Um, I, I, it's not, for me, a high-pressure thing. It's an enjoyment thing. So I'm disciplined about it, but I don't beat myself up if I miss a day of writing. Right. And I might be a little bit slower than some people because – I am working a full-time job, um, so it, it can take me a while to get something out of the door. But um, I always find whatever it is that I care about, whether it's you know how I interact with my family or how I show up at work, I'm better when I'm writing because I've got uh, that source of energy and investment in myself. Right. And so it's, a, it's, it's really proven out that way for me over time. So I don't ever regret it. And in fact, I miss it a lot when I let it lapse. Um, and right. so it's been really a fantastic journey of self-discovery for me. That is, wow. Well, you're speaking my language now. See, this is, I think writing, most of the writers I know are pretty upfront about, and I'm certainly that true, that they, they learn what they know by writing. They kind of learn what they believe when they, by the writing is sort of how they discover what they, what they believe, what they know, and to some degree, some degree, kind of who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, what I always think, what are you? What is more you than what you're interested in? Like, what is what is more unique to you than that? You know, I can't think of anything, frankly. What turns no. you on? And, and you know, exactly. And and as a writer. You over time you start to see the patterns, yeah, and that gives more self knowledge, and you see how you evolve as you learn more. It's really cool. It is really cool. It is really cool. Okay, so you got book two. Now, uh, is it? Is, well, don't even tell us what the title is. We'll, you don't want to. You don't want to give too much away. But book two, because this book just came out in January, uh, early January, and it's out and about the agency. And this is uh, the target audience. Is, it's kind of YA, kind of, but I don't know. Is it what it would? I don't think people. I think it's all ages would enjoy adult. it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's not a it's not necessarily just like for teenagers. Um, and no. I found that with my other books that they it skews more adults. Um, it's a fast read from yeah. what I've heard, and yeah, the the sequel, the follow up, titled TBD. We've got a couple that we're looking yeah. at. Uh-huh. I'm super excited about because it um, it picks up uh, where this book leaves off and then explores some of the backstory. You know, so there's a little bit of time shifting and stuff. So it's a, a fun format um, to explore. That's great. Well, that's great. Sounds like you're having fun, Monica. Do, do your, co- your corporate cohorts, do they know what you're doing? Do you keep it mum or are they like interested, confused? Indifferent? What's uh, their... They're they're not indifferent. Um, in, they're incredibly supportive. I've I found that nice. everywhere that I've worked, people are really excited about it. And 
And um, especially now in the period of what everyone's calling the great resignation and everyone ah, dealing with yeah, burnout yeah. in the COVID yeah. environment, like yeah. that idea of investing in yourself and um, doing something that brings you joy yeah. is really resonating. Um, and, and the current company over for Kellogg has amplified that because it's something we're trying to, to teach and, and role model with our own associate base and you know, our employee base. We want, their well-being and health and self-care to be very front and center right now. And so, again, in a small way, this is just an example of that, but it's very consistent with what the company culture is prioritizing and caring about. Yeah, it's critical. If you're not happy, uh, I don't quite know what the point is, quite frankly. Survival ain't enough. It just isn't. Well, Monica, Monica, you're a very interesting person. Congratulations on this second career that you've you've begun and i hope it keeps going but before i let you go well two things first of all people want to learn more about you where to buy your books where should they go an easy one-stop shop is monicamcgurk.com which has a buy now button on it and the agency is available on all of your normal online uh, book platforms as well so just google the agency Norwood Nanny Chronicles, book one, my name, you'll find it. Right. Excellent. Okay, Monica, I got one more question for you. What I want you to do is finish this sentence. If writing, all the writing you've done, including from fan fiction right up to the agency, has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Ooh, the value of immersing yourself in a new environment. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's true. Monica, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Sam, I appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Good luck with the book. Thank you. Yeah, people. Immerse. Immerse yourself. Dig in. Dig in. That's when you get the energy. It's true. It's true. Okay. Hey, that was a lot of fun. I'll be back again next week with another excellent author. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, sir. To all of you out there, go find something you love to do and do it. (laughs) 